I'm just going to list out a number of things that I believe are very simple and that are scripturally based involving giving that pleases God. Next slide, please. Proverbs 3, verses 9 to 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about that verse or not, but basically what it says to me is that when you honor the Lord with what he's already given you, he's going to make sure he gives you more stuff so you can keep honoring him. Now, it's not because God needs honor to be okay. It's because honoring him makes us okay. And so we're to honor the Lord with all of our possessions, with the first fruits of all of our increase, so that our barns will be filled with plenty, our cars will be filled with gasoline, our homes will be filled with furniture, Dana's vats will overflow with new wine. And basically what we're saying is, Lord, we know that you can do more with our 90% than we can do with our 100%. By the way, I just want to share something with you. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was in a, a meeting of congregational leaders and pastors, and there was one guy who was telling all the things that was going on uh, at his church, and he's saying, I just, I just don't know. I just don't have enough time. I work seven days a week. And I said to him, when's your Sabbath? He said, well, it's too much to do. I don't have a Sabbath. I said, no, that's not what I asked you. I asked you, when is your Sabbath? He said, well, I don't have a Sabbath. I said, so in other words, you think you can do more with your seven days a week than God can do with your six days a week. And he looked at me and he said, I preach that about giving all the time, don't I? It's the same thing, dear ones. And so even though I'm doing a lesson here on giving, I also want to do a lesson here real quick on Shabbat. We're commanded to take a day off. How many of you work seven days a week? You don't have to raise your hands. If you do, God's got a word for you today. Take a day off. Yeah, but I got so much to do. Take a day off. I don't have enough time to take a day off. You don't have enough time not to take a day off. And just as it's true that God can do more with our six days than we can do with our seven, so it's true that God can do more with our 90% than we can do with our 100%. Next slide, please. The first thing that giving, that, of giving that pleases God is giving without show. And I know that's a little small, but I tried to get it all onto one page. This is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. I think there are a number of very simple lessons we can learn from this particular aspect of giving that pleases God. Number one, nobody needs to know about it but you. The reason that the men here that the, uh, uh, did charitable deeds to be seen 
was to be seen. In other words, they wanted to get their reward and their okayness openly from the men and women around them. God says, if you give a whole bunch of money and you make sure that everybody knows you give it, guess what? You'll get what you want to be known by everybody around you that you gave a whole bunch of money. But there's no mention that you'll get what you need. And what you need is what God wants to offer you. And God, who sees in secret, rewards you openly so that you see exactly what you get. They have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, and please notice here it doesn't say if you do a charitable deed. It says when you do a charitable deed. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Now, I must confess that when you write the check for the initial sacrificial offering that goes in the envelope next week, I want you to hold the checkbook with your left hand if you're right-handed and write with your right hand. Or if you're left-handed, I want you to hold the checkbook with your right hand and write with your left hand. So your left hand and your right hand will actually know what they're doing, but that's not what this is talking about. What this is talking about is not making a contrived effort to make sure that everybody sees what's going on. You follow me? And so the first thing that pleases God in terms of giving is giving without show. Next slide, please. The next thing is giving according to your ability. Giving according to your ability. 1 Corinthians 16, verses 1 to 2. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay aside something, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. Giving is not determined by how much. Giving is determined by what proportion. For one to give $1,000 might be greater than for another to give $10,000, simply because we give according to our ability. God is not asking any of you to take out a second mortgage on your home to support the building campaign, though I have heard building campaigns in the past that have asked people to do that. God is not asking you to sell a second car and make do with one car when you use two cars all week long, every day of the week. What God is asking you to do is that out of your possessions, for what you don't have need for, out of your ability to give as your heart desires to give so that the work of the Lord can continue. And this is done with premeditation. It's not done next Friday night when you go, oh man, I'm supposed to give something to Son of David next tomorrow morning. It's not done out of, we need it right away, so let's hurry up and do it. It's done out of premeditated prayer and concentration and meditation in the heart to know that this is what I have. This is what I want to give to God. I give according to my ability. Next slide, please. And I also give willingly. I love this passage. First Chronicles 29, verses 3 to 9. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God... I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver, 3,000 talents of gold. Anybody here got 3,000 talents of gold? That'll work. 
of the gold of Ophir and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses, the gold for things of gold and the silver for things of silver and for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Next slide, please. Then the leaders of the fathers' houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, offered, say it with me, willingly. They gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 derricks of gold and 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly. The people rejoiced because they had offered willingly. Because with a loyal heart, They had offered willingly to the Lord, and King David also rejoiced gratefully. I hope that no one here has felt that myself or anyone else at Son of David Congregation has tried or is trying or will try to twist your arm to give to the building fund. That is not what this is all about. This is all about giving that pleases God. And giving that pleases God is giving that is giving willingly. It's given given with the heart. It's giving that is given because one believes in what they're giving to. These people believed in the building of the house of the Lord. They gave thousands and thousands and thousands of whatever measure of gold, silver, iron they had and precious jewels. But they gave it willingly because they knew that it was going to a good work. Next slide, please. Giving the pleasing God is also given liberally. 2 Corinthians 9, 6-15. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Next slide, please. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower. That's a very important verse and phrase that everybody kind of glosses over and doesn't take account of. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow abundantly, you reap abundantly. But who gives you the seed to sow? Our Father in heaven. May he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Messiah and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Next slide, please. Giving that pleases God 
is giving that is cheerful. And I want to repeat one verse from what I just read, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. How many of you here have a, uh, a note on a car? I got one. Let me raise your hand. How many of you smile when you write the check for the monthly payment? How many of you have a mortgage? How many of you smile when you write the mortgage check? Unless it's the last one, right? How many of you rent? How many of you smile when you write the rent check? No. Those things are written out of necessity. Gifts to the Lord are gifts out of willingness, from a willing heart, and they're given cheerfully. The, the Greek here for cheerful really means ridiculously cheerfully. Like when you write the check to Son of David congregation, you're supposed to laugh giddily out loud, but don't let anybody else know it because then they might put you away. They're going to take me away, haha. Ha. Oh, where did that come from? That's an old one. Who remembers that song? Gosh. Boom, 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 boom. Oh, we're recording this. I can't do this. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, you know, there are many congregations that have a big line of procession, and they come down, and everybody marches down, and they're singing songs, and they're being cheerful on command. Do you know what I mean? Because it's a cheerful song that's playing. And they're told to be cheerful when they walk down the aisle and put the envelope in the basket. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about cheerfully giving that comes from a cheerful heart. We're talking about cheerfully giving that comes from a thankful heart. We're talking about cheerful giving that comes from a hopeful heart. That what is given will produce things that we're looking for, especially in our congregation. Giving that pleases God is giving cheerfully. And sixth, giving that pleases God is giving proportionately. Malachi 3.10. And oh, by the way, there's also a promise that is given along with proportionate giving. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now on this. Some translations say, test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Do you know what I see when I read this verse? I see a brand new building that within the first year has to go to a second service on Saturday morning and a Friday night service because God is pouring out such a blessing that there's no room to receive it. I see a ministry that goes on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday in the, in the, in the building. Not Friday, because we've got to rest up for Shabbat. <laughs> but I see a ministry that is just abundantly blessing the community. I see a ministry that is being blessed by God because the ministry, okay, has been cheerful in their giving, willing in their giving, loving in their giving, giving proportionate uh, in their giving. Next slide, please. If it comes from the heart. If it comes from the heart. Exodus 35, 21 to 22. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting, for all its service, 
and for the holy garments. They came, both men and women, as many as had a willing heart, and brought earrings and nose rings, rings and necklaces, all jewelry of gold, that is, every man who made an offering of gold to the Lord. And I discovered this wonderful proverb. It's a Nigerian proverb. It's the heart that gives, the fingers just let go. Next slide. Son of David Messianic Congregation. This is the last time you'll hear me preach about giving on this capital campaign. Oh, good. I thought I was going to get some applause. But I want to remind you that next Shabbat is Commitment Shabbat, November 17th, 2018. I want to remind you that before you leave today, I want you to pick up an envelope that is specially sized for the commitment card. We went to great lengths to make sure that this is done exactly like the people who told us to do it, to make sure it's done that way. I ask that you all this week seek the Lord if you have not sought him over the past six weeks as to what your part in this building fund would be, as to what your part in the initial gift would be, as to what your part in your offering over and above your regular offering to Son of David would be. And then, dear ones, we're going to leave it in the hands of the Lord. Because final analysis, it's not our building, it's his building. Final analysis, it's not our ministry, it's his ministry. Final analysis, it's not our money, it's his money. And we will trust him for what he will want to do with the money that we raise. Now, I know I went out of order, Ian, but if you could play that video for me now, I would appreciate it. Yes. Okay, I'm Debbie Kolansky. I've been at Son of David for a few years, maybe five. Um, as a young person, I came to know the Lord and got involved in a youth group, a Christian youth group, and um, it became very ingrown. There, one, one standout event was I had a younger sister who was away. She was coming home to the family home for dinner. My mother invited me to come to dinner, and I went to dinner. Well, the next day I was in a lot of trouble because, heaven forbid, I should go have dinner with the family and not with the group where I usually had dinner um, with this guy and his family and his family. So... Um, there was a lot there was a lot of that kind of stuff I did not go to college even though I graduated at, at the top of my class because it was kind of shunned in that group it was a whole way of thinking where you're catering to a person everything is about the person what the person's going to think every decision is made based on what that person's going to think yeah, here that would be called idolatry <laughs> because you're supposed to live to the Lord. It ended that um, <clears throat> as it became more and more ingrown, um, 
there were some things going on that shouldn't be going on and someone in the group questioned it at which point the leader asked everyone to take a side and uh, didn't side with him and anyone who didn't side with him which was everyone who was closest to him he kicked out and that's good because I never would have left on my own. After that I was in a, num a couple of congregations and I got married, I had children, my children grew up, uh, but still I took all those lessons that I had learned through my life. Um, some unhealthy, uh, many unhealthy beliefs that I had. And when I became involved with the leadership, what is now the leadership of Son of David, um, realized that, okay, real, yeah, I realized that um, maybe it was time to take care of some of that. And so I went to get some counseling, which was really a discipleship type program that they recommended. And I discovered a new life, a new way of thinking. How about a new security? That what the Lord meant for us to have all along. The leadership here, instead of demanding your following them and yeah, being committed to them, are concerned about how you are actually doing in your life. It's not that they demand my friendship. It's that they are friends to me and care about me. Once I understood that I was secure in God, I could face the weaknesses that I had and the way I had operated. I could give up some of the lies because I already knew I was loved and accepted. I could not give them up before. And so in recent years has been really the first time I faced some of those kinds of things where I could actually, I used to always um, say that I was a people pleaser, but now I know I don't have to be one. And even though I may tend to go that way, uh, my thoughts, I, I can actually catch myself and go, wait, I'm already accepted. I can choose to do this thing or not. I don't have to do it in order to get so-and-so's approval, whoever it is that, you know, that I'm concerned with at the moment. Okay, so in my history, I have, um, because of being in that group, we, we had put up numerous buildings and whatever, so I have an aversion to building programs, and I had to think about it. But I am, not only am I on board, but I hope anyone watching this will get on board with us. Why? Because there's so much ministry that goes on here one day a week. Meetings with people. There are so many of these ministries, if they had a place, to operate, I mean, there would be more Bible studies. There would be more kids things. There, the ministry to the poor would have a place to operate, not just outside of the congregation, but within. The dance group would have a place to dance and not the tiny closet area that they sometimes get 
relegated to um, really it's the meeting people's hearts and the meeting people's needs we would be able to do so much more of that which is really where where this congregation you know is the ministry of this congregation I don't have that much money in my bank account or I might build it myself <laughs> okay so we really need help in building the building for those who believe in the work that God does in people's hearts we're doing it here and we'll get it done help us Son of David, Messianic Congregation has been sharing the love of the Lord to the Washington, D.C. metro area for over 25 years. Our new property is situated on Norbeck Road with easy access to the ICC and sits right next door to Leisure World and a huge brand new neighborhood. As we raise the funds to break ground on our new building, we ask that you prayerfully consider donating to this project so we can continue to live out the calling that the Lord has for us in the Silver Spring and wider Washington, D.C. metro area. This needs to be a place where we can come to brothers and sisters and share openly with what we're dealing with and know that we won't be condemned, we won't be judged, we won't be criticized, and we won't be talked about. Instead, we'll be listened to. Now, for those of you who know Tina and I, you know that we do a lot of counseling. You know what the key to counseling is? Listening. Very often, Tina and I will listen and ask questions and listen and ask questions, and guess who has the answer to their problems? The one being counseled. Why? Because they've finally been listened to. By the way, when you're talking with God, he's a really good listener. And he's already planted the answers in your life, or the answer in your life. And that answer is the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's who we lift up. There needs to be, I think, a base for revival among the Jewish community of metropolitan Washington, D.C. And I believe that Son of David Congregation can be that base. I believe that there are enough mature, committed members and regular attenders here that can model what family, community, life is, that we can hopefully be a picture of what effective ministry in the Washington, D.C. area is all about. And we've been hindered for 28 years um, Vicki, is this week the 28th anniversary of Son of David Congregation? 29th anniversary. This week is the 29th anniversary of Son of David Congregation. I think we've rented six, might be seven different buildings. And I think it's time we have a home. 
I think it's time we have a home. How many of you, when, you're growing, when you were growing up, moved from place to place to place to place? Can I have a show of hands? Keep them up. Keep them up. How many of you finally got a place to call home? What did it feel like when you finally had a place to call home? Felt like home. Hold it. Stop, stop. A place I could be myself and invite friends and family over. Wouldn't you love to have a messianic synagogue that you're comfortable to invite friends and family over to and not worry about whether it's going to be too hot or too cold? Phyllis, you said you finally had a place also that you called home. Did I see your hand? How did it make you feel when you finally had that place? Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it has a feeling of ownership as opposed to rentership. Who else? Leslie. Right. Anyone else who had a hand up? Brian, you had a hand up. I want you to say hi to Brian and Maureen. These are friends of ours who came from Virginia. How did it how did it feel when you finally had a home? For me, it was stability. Stability, peace, and safety. See, I don't have to preach the need. You all are preaching the need. And the blessing. The need and the blessing. I want to just read again from Second Corinthians 9, 6 to 15, and then we'll close. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work, as it is written. He has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God, while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Messiah and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Let's pray. 
Avinu Malkinu on our Father and our King. Surprise us, Lord. If this is your will and not simply our selfish desires, surprise us, Lord. With an abundance overflowing. And then surprise us over and over again with servants for ministry, with teachers for Bible study, with child care for midweek women's Bible study, mother's Bible study. And then surprise us with an acceptance in the community that people will ask that deep theological question, who are they in that building? Surprise us, Lord, with decisions for your son. Surprise us, Lord, with the beginning of a ministry to the Washington, D.C. area. Maybe new congregations springing up. But, Lord, it needs to be your building. It needs to be your desire. It needs to be your heart. And we need to be your stewards. Let nothing that we do be done in and of ourselves. It's all about you. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same. May your name be praised. Let us all say together, Amen. Would you please stand for the benediction? Again, please remember to pick up an envelope that you can put your commitment card in next Shabbat. May the Lord, may the Lord bless and keep you. May his grace and his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, and give you peace. Yivarech Adonai v'yishmerecha, Yair Adonai panave lecha v'yichunecha, Yisa Adonai panave lecha v'yaseim lecha shalom. Be a same lecha shalom. This is the way you shall be blessed from day to day. He'll be your rest. This is the way you shall be blessed from day to day. He is your rest. May the Lord. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his grace and his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, and give you peace, and give you peace, and give you peace. 
Please remember to join us downstairs for the Onik Shabbat after the service. Please remember to pick up your envelopes. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Borei Berihagafen Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who creates the fruit of the vine. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haolam Hamotzi Lechem Min Haaretz Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth and who rained down the bread of life from heaven, our Messiah Yeshua, in whose name we pray. Amen. Shabbat Shalom.